Direct us, O Lord, in all our doings with our most gracious favor, and further us with our continual help, and in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in thee. We may glorify thy holy name, and finally by thy mercy obtain everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. This class is two things. First of all, it is, uh, what is it, an encomium, or a tribute to God, actually uh, in thanksgiving to God, uh, for the ministry uh, of Joel Warren, and it's also, secondly, it's also a quick look at the ongoing pastoral ministry of the Advent, as it pertains specifically to giving thanksgiving for the ministry uh, of, of Joel Warren and Susan over the last 16 years. I want to read from the fourth chapter of Ephesians, beginning at the first verse. I, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I call you to be in all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love. For there is one body and one spirit, as you were called to the hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. Grace was given to us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And his gifts were that some of you should be apostles, some should be prophets, some evangelists, preachers, some pastors, some teachers, all to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for building up the body of Christ. Well, I read that. I I thought, you know, when it comes to the minister of the church, and it comes specifically to, to Joel Warren, I get the feeling that God determined, uh, according to his, to his purposes for the building up of the body here at the Advent, or in, for the churches which he has served, and, uh, and certainly through the Advent, it says, you know, this one here, I think I'm going to give a pastor's heart, and while I'm doing it, I'm going to make it a really, really big heart. I'm going to just heat this enormous, uh, compassionate love in his heart for the building up of the church. And I guarantee you that countless of you, countless number of you can testify uh, to the love that they have received uh, through Joe Warren and therefore in thanksgiving to this wonderful gift that God has given Joe. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Much of Joe's ministry is behind the scenes, so to speak. It's been with people in the middle of the night. I just believe me, it's just amazing. It's been with people in the, in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, it's been with people uh, in the proverbial ditch, uh, praying for them, uh, comforting them, uh, and even more importantly, pointing them to Jesus Christ. Let me just quote James Bradford, who is the uh, secretary of the chapter, secretary of the vestry. Joe Warren has made more rounds in the hallways of our hospitals than most doctors and nurses and has had more tears shed on his shoulders than Dr. Phil and Oprah combined, (laughs) and to a much greater effect. I want to take a moment now just to to stop and let some other folks reflect on their years of working with uh, with Joe and doing ministry with Joe and Susan. Now, these people come from various parts of the country, and so they couldn't 
couldn't be here, all of them, but they have sent me something to read uh, to you, uh, Joe, and to you, Susan, and so, but, but all, also fully realizing that, that this would be uh, taped on the web and for all of us to hear. And I'm going to start with the clergy indeed. I'm going to start with the clergyman who called you here in the first place. So this is a word uh, from Paul Zoll. I had the privilege years ago of hiring Joe to come to the Advent. To me, he has always been JPW. We met in the chapel of Episcopal High School in Alexandria. It was plain in 30 seconds that Joe was a man for the job. Above all else, Joe has what the world calls heart. As the Washington Senators Ball Club sang in the Broadway musical in Damn Yankees, you got to have heart. All you really need is heart. <laughs> Add to that JPW's humility, shrewdness, and grasp of core Christianity, which is God's one-way love for sinners, and you have an unbeatable combination. I could write more about Butterfly House, how it came to be, about Joe and Susan's favorite Chinese restaurant, about the Warren's children and grandchildren, and about Joe's extended family and personal history. It's a happy, contagious love story. A couple of years ago, on a brief visit to Birmingham, I jaywalked across 20th Street to buy a Coke in the Harbert Center. There on the second floor, I espied JPW sitting alone having a milkshake in the middle of a large lunchtime crowd of office workers and shoppers. There he was, the saint, drinking his milkshake, just a milkshake, in peaceful anonymity. He wasn't having to be anybody. I was so moved, I cried. JPW, like that 1981 single by police, every little thing you do is magic. <laughs> <clears throat> Love always, PZ. <clears throat> All right, this is a, a reflection about Tom Hotchkiss. For those of you who remember Tom Hotchkiss. I met Joe and Susan when Joe came to interview for the Canon Pastoral Care position. As I read this, I got it. he got the sense that he called you and not PZ, but I will, I will let... <laughs> From the outset, it was very clear to me that Joe brought in the needed dimensions to lead the pastoral care ministry at the Advent. Joe and I were partners in ministry, and some crimes, I'm sure, for five years together on the staff. Everyone who knows Joe understands that he is sensitive and aware. Joe has the God-given ability to incarnate one of his favorite terms of phrase, intimacy can be defined as into me see. I've been with Joe with God's grace. I have seen Joe with God's grace lance spiritual wounds that have crippled individuals. I've seen Joe ache with empathy. And I know God has used Joe and Susan to minister faithfully to so many during their tenure at the Advent. My fondest recollection was a recurring scene played out in the offices on the second floor. Instead of using email or intercom, he would simply holler out, Tom, are you over there? And after a few exchanges, which I'm sure upset the quiet professional atmosphere, Joe would appear in my doorway or, or I would sit as his, 
and we would have a conversation person to person. The image I have in my mind and the heart of Joe Warren is of a friend who works to enflesh Jesus. The exciting part is that I don't see that incarnational way of witnessing to God's love ever changing in Joe. Whether in ministry or in retirement, I'm encouraged in my love and devotion of and devotion to God because of Joe's love of and devotion to God. Joe, I hear the words of the hymn, I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. Thanks for your faithfulness, your kindness, and your fellowship. God bless you and Susan in your new chapter of life. Tom Hotchkiss. This is from Paul Walker. Joe welcomed us with open and loving arms at the Advent. He was the incarnation of warmth and love for the Walker family. I remember shadowing Joe as I was learning the hospital rounds. As we were riding an elevator up to the top floor, Joe said to all the strangers packed in the tight elevator, you're probably wondering why I called this meeting. (laughs) That is so typical. Everybody laughed and felt loved. I sure did. Our daughter, Glenn, had a procedure when she was three years old. You remember? We, of course, were worried. We walked into the hospital waiting room, and there was Joe's smiling face. It wouldn't matter if it was three in the morning. He'd have been there to provide comfort and care. Thank you, Joe. We love you, Papa Joe, all the walkers. Okay. This one is from Marsha Wilkinson. Good morning. Sorry for the delay. Nope, that's for, that was my, she's writing to me there. Let's see. <laughs> Y'all think I plan all that stuff and I don't. But <laughs> Dear Joe, this is a big day for you and Susan. Your tenure at the Advent must be one of the longest in Advent history. So our wishes and prayers for you today come with gratitude for 16 years of ministry and quality time with the lovely water of Mobile. And wherever the Lord might take you and Susan, there are so many stories. A life lived for others makes quite a collection. What comes to mind is a man with a big heart tooling around Birmingham in a small car calling on folks who need encouragement, a priest who will listen and pray, a friend who will understand. Your care reached beyond parish members to those who are not yet come to the Advent door. How many times you would call and say, I spoke with so-and-so today and gave gave him what help I could. Joe and Susan, travel is in your blood, or at least in Susan's. And I know you too well, Susan in the exotic places, Nepal, and just maybe the Lord will inspire you to have another adventure and mission from Mobile. Blessings today, dear servants, friends, we give you thanks for what is ahead. Love in Christ, Marsha and Norm. Okay. Now, the next one is a guy who is actually standing here on the front row. 
He's written a, an ode to Joe. And rather than me read it, I'm just going to have John Hoffman to read his own work. More than he's a priest, I'm a canon on Sunday. Before the service, Joe can be found out front greeting others with a smile, saying nice words of encouragement, which is his style. He's given and others have gained from his pastoral care of many years, where his compassion and empathy reconstructed smiles out of tears. Involved with grief recovery, he guided others to walk onward in faith and hope. Many mornings at 5 a.m., he could be found at the hospital helping patients to cope. Senior activities and trips, he did happily encourage and stimulate. To their needs and concerns, he found time to focus and dedicate. Often you will find Joe quiet to speak, but expeditious to declare. First, he'll mull a situation over, be thoughtful, and seek to be fair. Joe has a great sense of humor and a sly wit, which will lift anyone out of a self-pitying pit. This mobilian of southern charm has won hearts of many around even when on biblical issues he did stand his ground. No doubt I have worked with Joe longer than anyone here can say. We served with the dream team, survived challenges, and praised each day. Since parishioners, thinking we look much alike with the exception of our height, Joe was thanked many times for my sermons, much to his acceptance and delight. <laughs> I also thank for his birthday greetings. <laughs> Joe was in charge of birthday calls, which were filled with words too good to be true. Margaret would keep hers and replay them often as if they were brand new. At Advent parties, sitting next to Joe was always Margaret's main request, knowing time with him would never be dull and lots of laughter would progress. As a new adventure calls you home to Point Clear, with emphasis on family and shared future moments begin to entwine, know you have run your race well, and I'm so very glad I was there with you during this brief moment in time. God bless you, my friend, and much love from all of our family. Okay, we'll continue on here with... A word from Heidi Kenner.
My first memorable encounter with Joe came my first day of the Advent. We pulled up into the parking lot at the same time, and as I got out of my orange Jeep, Joe walked up looking horrified and asked me if I was an Auburn fan. (laughs) I replied, what's Auburn? Which mollified him. However, he did recommend that I get a new car or a paint job. Later, when he got his little red VW Beetle, he told me it was crimson, Alabama Crimson to offset my Auburn orange Jeep. Truly, a diehard Alabama fan. <laughs> Laughter aside, my most enduring picture of Joe is related to one of his favorite illustrations of Christ's love, the account of the bird that was found burned to death after the Yellowstone fire. When the firefighters came across the bird and lifted its charred wings, They discovered her chicks safe and alive. They survived the fire because the mother bird gave her life to protect them. It was a wonderful illustration that Joe used to talk about the sacrificial covering love of Christ. It is an illustration that I have borrowed many times since, and each time I share it with someone, I think not just of the overwhelming sacrificial love of Christ, but I think of Joe. I think of how he shared that sort of love with the people of the Advent. He was there for births, baptisms, weddings, deaths, funerals, and everything in between, always pointing to Christ and offering a sheltering place of safety and love in the name of Christ. Joe is a faithful priest and a good friend. I know that his ministry will be missed at the Advent, but I also know that his presence will continue to be felt as the generations that he touched grow and shape the Advent in coming years. I would also like to say a word about Susan. We priests need our spouses to keep us humble and to keep us going. I know that Susan did that for Joe, and I am thankful for her faithful support of his ministry. I would also like to thank her for her commitment to the outreach work in Haiti. She, too, shared the sheltering love of Christ. So, Susan and Joe, Scott and I miss you and wish you fair winds and following seas and many wonderful days on the bay. If you get bored... Come and visit us in Montana, although not in January. It's really cold in January and February and March. We love Heidi. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Thessalonica, 413, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. A hope in the midst of grief was something Joe took very much at heart, which leads me to say a word about the grief recovery at the Advent. And since Frank and Laura Jones were, were very much a part of that on the onset of that ministry, I have simply asked Frank Jones if he would come up and share as you reflect on that specific part of Joe's ministry that has been so effective here at church. Lord of God, Um, there's so much I'd like to say about Joe Warren that I just don't have time, but I'd like to tell you, which is true, that that he is a best friend and confidant. Um, I'd like to tell you how entertaining he was about 10 years ago trying to do sit-ups at the Y. (laughs) 
Um, but I, do, I, I just have a couple of minutes, and I, wanted, I do want to just say a th- couple of things about the grief recovery group. About 15 years ago, I guess, shortly after you got here, my wife, Laurie, went to Joe's not too long after the death of our son, Caldwell, and they talked and, and came up with the concept of the grief recovery group, which we hosted at our house for a number of years, like 15 years or so. And um, I was a facilitator. Laurie and, and Joe sort of ran it. So I was, was like any good husband. I did what I was told. And, um, and it was a very, very, it was very much of a privilege to be uh, associated with. I know, there are several, I, can, I know there are several graduates or alumni of the grief group in, in this room today. And I, um, I think you'll will agree with what or understand what I say. Um, Joe is one of these guys that I just feel like the Holy Spirit just emanates from every pore of his being. And it was particularly gr- true in the grief recovery group. You know, uh, it may sound strange to, to say that it was a privilege to, to be part of that group um, because they all start with people that are crying and, and, and desperate and, and numb with grief. And there's just so many different situations that, that are you know, just part of the human human equation. And the the sense of peace and confidentiality and trust that he instilled through the power of the Holy Spirit was really wonderful to see. And every group that we had, there were six weeks, the group, grief groups were like the six weeks, um, hour and a half, one night a week. And um, the, to see the, how that, each group would bond over a period of six weeks through the whole, I mean, it's just the, 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 to me, to witness the power of the Holy Spirit was almost palpable. Um, and I, I just, I, I just can't thank you enough for what you did in, in leading that. And you know, being the kind of the leader, <coughs> Joe had all kinds of difficult questions that people would come up with, the difficult situations of people that people would come up with in the midst of their grief or pain or their heartbrokenness, if that's the right word. Um, and it was, it was really. Um, he handled it. Just, I mean, it, it was the Holy Spirit working through him, I'm convinced. But it was, um, those of you who've been there know what I'm talking about. But it was, it was just, it was wonderful to see and to be just a very tiny part of. We had people, and I, you know, we had a, a very strict code of privacy and confidentiality. So I certainly would never mention anybody's names. But we had people who um, had their loved one who committed suicide. And they would desperately ask Joe for hope or some word of, of comfort as to, you know, what, you know, reassurance. Um, many people had unsolved issues or unresolved issues with the ones that had, had, had passed on. Um, they'd had an argument or whatever. They hadn't, they hadn't been able to say goodbye. Um, and it was, it, it was just so many things like that. There were, there were um, a number of questions of, from people whose loved one had not been a Christian. Joe, what do I do? You know, what's what's the answer? Well, these are the things the group would discuss. I remember one time, and this wasn't a member of our church, but Joe asked a question or made some comment. It was a uh, lady, and um, she asked Joe a question, and I don't I don't remember the question. I don't remember the answer, but she blurted out, "That's not fair." Remember that? And um, somehow he found the words to calm her down and, and to, to ease that situation. Um, but it was, 
every every time it was, um, I mean, there were some, there were a lot of specific side issues that came up that I just, I'm not, I really should not, I won't mention, um, that complicated people's struggles. But um, th there is a healing process that Joe would instill or create an atmosphere where, <clears throat> if you picture yourself being in a group like that, and you're, and you're, you're heartbroken because you've just lost somebody near and dear. And you're sitting right next to somebody who's got a story that's even worse than yours. And somebody across the room has got a similar story. And everybody's, everybody's really upset. Well, it creates a, um, an atmosphere of um, community. Uh, community is not the right word, but of shared understanding. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not alone here. You know, this guy across the room has gone through the same thing with this girl and this lady or whatever. It seemed like we had a lot of, we had all kinds of situations. I mean, a lot of spouses, parents of young children, parents of old children, um, fiancés, partners. I mean, it was just all kinds of people that were, that were hurting because of someone they had lost. And I, I feel like it was a, an important ministry and, I, and because of this guy. And um, um, it was, it was uh, you know, my hat's off to you for the leadership and the love. That you, you can't imagine what it's like to listen to this man pray over the person that you've lost. Every every session started with a prayer and ended with a prayer. I, you're blowing the whistle on me. I can tell. <laughs> okay, okay, coach. Um, but he, 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 he's very, very good at that. And I, um, um, I'll always love you like a brother. You know that. And I, Laurie and I pray for all the best for you. Thanks. Thank you, buddy. All right, you said it was okay to do that. Now you, you all right. Uh, Gil Cracky, are you here? Where are thou? Gil Cracky. Gil Cracky, you know, is uh, he's a licensed Christian counselor around here. But before he uh, got into family and individual counseling, Joe worked with our youth. He came here in 1993. So Joe's been around a while himself. I mean, excuse me, uh, been around before Joe for a while, even before Joe. Uh, Gil has, and he was youth director and then uh, very much involved with adult ministry. He still keeps one foot in adult ministry, but with pastoral counseling. But you were very much involved with grief counseling, and in our ongoing ministry, you'll be also involved in grief counseling. So let me let you say a word there. Thank you, Frank. Um, Joe, Susan, um, you know, I'm not usually nervous because I get to talk in front of a lot of people, and I got over that fear a long time ago, but very emotional. It's a hard time. Um, Susan, to you first, and a lot of this is going to be repetitious to what other people have said, of course, because it just defines you all so well. But, Susan, I can count on one hand probably the number of conversations, real conversations that I've had with Joe where he didn't mention you. And that, that to me, just says so much. Um, and I think in those times where I don't remember him mentioning you, he probably did, and it was just because I was in some state that I couldn't remember. Um, it's what a witness to, to you being his constant companion and, uh, and helping him bear the burdens of so many. So thank you. And to Joe, um, gosh, Joe, you've, you've done a lot. You've done a lot for a lot of us. You're, you're the pastor of everybody here. You're my pastor. You're, you're, you're a pastor for so many different ways. Um, I think of you and I think of shepherd because the word shepherd and pastor, of course, come from the same word. And as it's been said so often, I think of you and I think of the word heart. Obviously, it comes to mind for so many of us, the word heart. And you have that. You have the shepherd's heart. You have the heart 
which puts the needs of the sheep first, and you move instinctually, and you just go. And that's such a gift, such a gift that God gave you to give to so many of us. And then likewise, I'm thinking of some phrases that, that you used to use, you do use so often. Um, whichever way you say it, I think it works, that you would see your role um, here to make the Advent either the biggest small church around or the smallest big church around. And there's so much that's right about that. There's so much that's right about making the biggest small church or the smallest big church around. And the way to that is good pastoral care. And good pastoral care knows and it moves by letting each one of us know that we mean something, that, that we're cared for, um, that we're attended to, that the Lord is not only with us, but he's for us. And it's your hands and feet that are incarnated, that are enfleshed to move us through that. But probably one thing more than any other that you've taught me, and this was in a word, and like a pastor, you've probably said this to a thousand people, but, but of course I heard it as if you were speaking only to me. Um, you said something once that I've never forgotten, and I think if the Lord gives it to me, I, I never will forget. You said, Gil, it is a privilege to walk with people in their own personal crucifixions. Such power there as to what pastoral care is. Um, the word privilege is a word that's become tremendously important to me, and this idea that the privilege of walking with people in their crucifixions. Uh, there's so much that's right about that. It gets me out of the way. It says that I'm not here to save somebody, but the Lord is. That it's not, it's not, we don't, we don't try to get people off the cross. The Lord put them there in the sure and so certain hope of his resurrection. That is, we have the privilege of being with someone as they're being crucified. We will so also share certainly in the hope of the resurrection. To Joe and Susan, just so many and great thanks for being the pastor of so many of us, for teaching me so much in particular. Uh, but mostly, as Frank said at the beginning, just thanks be to God that uh, I got to share this season of my life with y'all. Thank you. Now, I'm going to personally miss Joe, too. I mean, sometimes... I just knock on the door and call on Joe and sit down and talk. And uh, I, I always feel a little bit better and I feel a little more enlightening. I'm going to miss Joe for a lot of, I'm going to miss your puns. Joe is, Joe is a man of, of, of great puns. Uh, and also, and I, I, I'm going to miss those square-toed shoes of yours, too. You know, some people are known for their bow ties. Some people are known for their spoke coats that they wear a lot. But Joe has this love and uh, it's a part of his identity as a person, uh, his square-toed shoes. And... Uh, I'm going to miss those square-toed shoes. I'm going to turn it After it's over, maybe you can show folks your square-toed shoes. You don't notice them, but it's just a part of uh, what makes Joe so dear to us here. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to miss Joe for, for, for everything that he's meant and everything that's been said so far. I guess I'm going to, and it's humility. Humility, I'm going to be honest with you. Humility is hard to find in clergy people. Clergy people are the most uh, egocentric, uh, they love to be in the limelight. Right, John? I mean, the clergy people, not you. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself. You just happen to be here. Craig, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Joe Gibbs, you know what I mean. Uh, Andy Pearson, where are you? I don't, but, you know, uh, it's just hard to find, but, but not with Joe. He's one of the most humble uh, fellows uh, that, that, that I know. Uh, Joe has said many times one of his terms of phrases, Gil, was if if it weren't for Jesus, I wouldn't be in this business. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and Joe meant it. Uh, 
I'm, I'm, let me just say a word, too, about the future uh, Advent ministry as it turns to uh, Papa Joe's replacement. I've consulted with Joe Warren uh, about this at length. I've consulted with all the clergy here, and I've, I've consulted with, with Gil Cracky uh, also, put our hearts and our prayers together. But we really believe that Craig Smalley is the man to take this ministry forward. Uh, it won't be Papa Joe, but it'll be Papa Craig. And I would say if, if you have ever, if anyone doubts that, it's probably because they hadn't been in the ditch before and had Craig minister to them. If you've ever been down and out, if you've ever been hurt, if you've ever been in the ditch and been ministered by Craig, you, 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 you will say, hey, you know what? You're, you're right. I, I told Joe, a long, my wife, a long time ago, I said, you know, if I'm, if I'm on my deathbed, uh, call Joe Warren to come sing songs to me. But if I end up in jail, call Craig Smalley because, <laughs> because Craig Smalley is going to be there. You've heard the expression... You've heard the expression, and I mean that with all my heart. I told Jane that. And I said, because Craig's going to be there. If, uh, if you talk about uh, a soldier in a foxhole with you, uh, uh, that's Craig. Uh, and uh, he, he has a heart of a pastor. And you might not have square toe shoes, but we might go, I'm going to, I've tried to get you some <laughs> as, 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 a, as a gift because we're going to need that from you. The closer we can get you looking like Joe, the better. But uh, Would you like to say a word? I, I hadn't. I haven't. I don't know. Put you on the spot, but he's pretty good on his feet. Um, thank you, Frank. Um, listen up. Enough about Joe. Let's talk about me. Um, let's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Years ago when I was making a transition in ministry, I was struggling with the words to say, and I was holding Maisie, who was just a little gal at the time, and I was trying to think about what to say. Maisie whispered in my ear, talk about me. Um, so <laughs> it's, um, it, it is one of those, it's, it, is, it is hard to put into words, Joe and Susan, how um, immensely grateful that I am for y'all. Uh, and that we are for y'all. Over the past six years, you've been a, a, a fabulous friend and a colleague, a man that I admire, something that has been expressed repeatedly. Um, one of the things, uh, when I think about, uh, it's funny, Joe also, um, as he, he says this to me all the time and to Andrew and to Joe, he says, you know, I looked like y'all when I began. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So you can, uh, we'll, we'll have a case study. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens as, as, the years, as the years go forward. One of the things that's been said repeatedly, Joe, one of the things that I'm so grateful about um, for you and for your ministry, as, as Frank has mentioned, as others have mentioned as well, is that, uh, that yes, that, that incarnate ministry, the fact that you've been uh, on the front lines for, for many, many years. You've been with people in the foxholes. You've been with people um, in the ditches, and, and I and I recognize as well, and I and I give thanks for the fact that um, that type of ministry, though though you are in everything that you do, you're well aware, and, and certainly the clergy were acutely aware um, that well, they were not the savior, uh, and yet uh, inevitably in that frontline ministry, um, it, it takes a toll uh, on an individual. You can't just say, well, I'm going to leave it at the door. Um, and, you know, and, and that's it. Uh, and inevitably that, that type of ministry takes a toll. And, and I'm so um, grateful um, to you and Susan, um, the, 
the servant's heart that is so very present to enter into that ministry and to continue to serve in that ministry, as I say, that um, that does take a toll, that um, bearing one another's burdens, um, one of the things that the Scripture talks about, one of the things that we're called to do, you know, again and again in the Scriptures, it talks about that we're members one of another uh, within the body of Christ, and we're called to bear um, one another's burdens. And um, grateful to you for being a wonderful friend, to be a wonderful colleague, to have for myself and, and for the people of the Advent to have been with us um, to help bear our burdens. Um, one of the things as well that I think about, certainly, Joe, in regard to you and just in, in pastoral ministry in general is um, uh, it's you're not in it from, for the glory, um, as they say. Um, you know, it's, 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 not a, it's not a glory ministry. And I, one of the things I, inevitably I, I come back to in thinking about pastoral ministry is the 13th chapter of John's Gospel. Uh, and and you all probably remember that's the beginning of Jesus' farewell discourses. And it begins with 13 and it ends with 16, um, 33. But Jesus gathers his disciples and we hear that as he gathered his disciples, um, that, that he loved them to the end, um, despite their shortcomings, despite their faults, despite their failings. We hear um, the love of Jesus for the disciples, that he, that he loved them to the end. Of course, you remember as well that he, he took off his outer garment and he began to wash their feet. Um, and they were, uh, they were, they were shocked um, by that. They were slightly um, unnerved by that. And, and Jesus you know, says those words, look, I, I've, I've set an example for you. Um, that that servant ministry, one of the things that um, I firmly believe is that Advent, um, to some degree, we're, we're so excited for y'all. Um, it's it's well-deserved, um, your time along the bay, and we're so grateful you're going to have that, but but we're genuinely, we're, we're diminished um, with, with your retirement. I, I really sincerely believe we would not be um, as healthy and whole um, at the Advent as we are. We're, we're ridiculously fortunate here. Um, at the Advent to have this parish and to have one another, but but we wouldn't be as whole um, and we would not be as healthy were it not for your ministry um, over the many years, um, that servant ministry. I mean, I can say more. I mean, if you want. I I don't know, Joe and Susan. I don't. <laughs> well, you could too. <laughs> we have another service. We have an 11 o'clock service, and so I'm, I'm sure people want to come up and greet you and hug you. And but uh, uh, you probably need to go through the back door and get vested for the 11. After the 11, hmm? uh, I don't know, Joe. Uh, of course, you can say that. <laughs> but before Joe, you know, what can I say, Joe? I mean, if they want to ship me out of Birmingham, I say no. You can't say that. Uh, but yes, of course you can. But let me before you start, and I'll, I'll hand it over to you. There is a reception uh, after the 11 o'clock, and uh, we will continue to uh, give uh, uh, different expressions of our, of our thanksgiving to God for your ministry. So you're all invited to the reception after the 11 o'clock service for those of you who can stay in that short. I just want to thank everybody for being here and for what's been said. Um, I learned a long time ago about asking people how they are, and most everybody says fine. And uh, somehow I knew they weren't in fi- they weren't fine. I'm very intuitive. So I started to say, how are you doing? And everybody would say, fine. 
And I said, well, I know you're fine, but how are you doing? It's amazing what I've gotten back on the second question. And someone mentioned the intimacy as into me see. It's so amazing what you can see when you look into the soul of another person through their eyes and ask them how they're doing. And as a pastoral gift to you, I would love for you to take on the quality of looking people in the eyes when you ask them how they're doing. And if they say fine, say, I know you're fine, but how are you really doing? And I want to tell you, it's amazing what comes. But you better be prepared to sit down and listen. <laughs> but it is amazing when two souls come in contact with each other and what happens. And I never leave an encounter like that without a fingerprint left on my heart. And it's a beautiful fingerprint. And I want to tell you what, there's so many of y'all, this whole family of the Advent is such a sweet congregation. I've never seen such a sweet congregation. And you're the most amazing stewards of what God has given you. And this church is a holy example of standing up for what God would want us to stand up for. And my prayer is that that carries on from generation to generation and that the leadership of this chosen, uh, church is chosen for that reason and that the standards that are being withheld uh, continue to be withheld and that you be the littlest big church in town and greet visitors when they come and ask them how they're doing and what their names are and greet each other and ask each other how you're doing because I can tell you a lot of you are not doing just fine. And it's amazing when somebody actually listens and wants to know how are you doing. And it touches their heart. And let that be a pastoral word that I can leave with you. Touch another person's heart and you will always get your heart touched in return. You can never outgive God. You can try and try and try and try to outgive God. But in trying, he's always going to put two or three layers of icing on your own birthday cake. That's just the way he works. He's a wonderful, blessed God, and he always blesses you for trying to bless him. It's amazing. But I love you all. I love this congregation. I want to tell you this is the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life, leaving this church. Moving is about to kill us both. <laughs> But it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, leaving this church and going on to Fairhope, Alabama, which is beautiful. But you cannot imagine um, how hard it is after almost 17 years to walk away from this church and to leave y'all. You're my family. You're my friends. I love you. You've loved me, and you love my wife. And uh, I cannot speak without speaking about my wife. We've been together 44 years, and we had the first date in ninth grade. And she has waited for me to grow up. <laughs> and uh, I finally grew up and became her husband. But uh, she is the most incredible human being. And I always say she taught me more about Jesus than any church ever had. But thank God for you. God bless you. God bless this church. And you're an amazing congregation. And don't let anybody take it away from you. Amen.